What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. I, I just remember her saying when she was on ayahuasca, she was by the moon and I just remember her talking about the moon and the stars and the sun or whatever. I, was, I I'm telling you, my mindset was you sound crazy, so I wasn't really listening all the, all the way listening. Much. The second time it came around, it came through a really close friend of mine, um, and I, to me, you know, she's sharing her experience that sounded like she was healing and it healed so much in her, and her and her husband overcame and and so I'm like. Now I have all this experience, all the th- different things that I have encountered or whatever. So I want healing. You know, I want to get to a place. I, I want what you got, you know, and that's what got me. Love is a treasure chest. But once opened, our hearts become vulnerable. I, I went back to Vegas. It was this guy. He appeared as a friend. Sure enough, it led to infidelity. Alignment can't be ignored. We talked about certain topics while I was having kids. She didn't want to have kids. Um, and that was one of the red flags. And I know you desire marriage, so I think it's best you move on with your life. What you doing, Lisa? What you do? I told him, okay. <laughs> she didn't ask me why. I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I've, I watched their videos of them having sex, so I would try to imitate that. No discussion is off limits. Dear Future Wifey Podcast brings healing. You inspire us to try God a little bit more. Uh, through this platform, I have realized that it's possible. It's possible to love again. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. Season 7 is all about tough topics. I'm Lateris R. Winfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Winfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? Listen, if you're still shacking up with us, can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. We're on our road. Uh, we're on the road to hitting 500,000 subscribers. We're almost about to hit 150K, um, and we need your help. Go ahead, hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Turn on your notifications so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. We're in season seven, Tough Topics. And while we're in these dating streets, 
I want to do this episode because when you're talking to different people or getting to know people, you'll find out that different people are into some things that you may not be aware of. They may be dibbling and dabbling in some stuff that you've never experienced or don't even understand what it is. And so after having this cool conversation with my friend, um, she began to tell me about some things that she um, was into in the past. And I said, you know what? That's interesting because when she started talking about it, I started hearing more people talk to me about about it and they've experienced it or knew somebody that experienced it or whatnot. So without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My homie, Chelsea Renee. How you doing? I'm doing lovely. How are you? You're doing lovely. Good. Right? Well, you're on the Dear Future Wifey podcast now. We're going to have fun. You ready? I'm ready. So, um, you know, on the Dear Future Wifey podcast, we believe in keeping it lit. We live mm-hmm. intentionally and transparently. And as we, um, can't say gear up for this holiday, but as this holiday is approaching, Halloween, I felt like it would be so befitting and tough topics to talk about mm-hmm. uh, this subject matter. Um, today's episode is titled The Gateway to, well, I was about to say, Gateway of what? Gateway to witchcraft. The gateway to witchcraft. You know, um, I believe that the devil is very intentional mm-hmm. on doing little things to get us into things that we think is healthy or trying to enlighten us on certain levels. Mm-hmm. And um, we're just going to talk about a few of those things. And so, Chelsea, um, you know a little something, something about, you know, what you didn't think was witchcraft at the moment. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're, I'm seeing this word through these social media streets. I've even seen them talk about it on Good Morning um, America. Really? Yeah. Um, What am I speaking of? Well, um, there is a plant medicine that is called ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. They call it plant medicine. Okay, it's called plant medicine. What what is your dealings with this plant medicine? Um, So I have experienced plant medicine three times, and I have to lead with this because... I am a little nervous to talk about it because I have friends uh, who I care deeply about who still kind of dibble and dabble in this thing. So, um, but my experience, I mean, where do we start? start We'll start back from when you first, how did you come to know about this and what age were you? Oh, so I'm 31 now. Let's see, my daughter was born. Uh, She probably was about, I would say, two or three. Um, She's eight now. You're the math person, so do the math. Uh, Chelsea, uh, did you graduate (laughs) high school? Because Um, you subtract five from 31. I mean, I just... That'll be 26, right? Okay. (laughs) I just... I mean, but, but, but the time between my first encounter... And your last and encounter? my last encounter, um, I really don't even remember. Like I don't remember the. Don't when, do, you don't remember when the last encounter was? Don't do drugs, okay? <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. No, I really don't. I don't remember the the time frame between the two. All right. So, so the first time, let's yeah. say you were twenty six, your daughter was three. Mm-hmm. Um, what space were you in, um, mentally, spiritually, that allowed you to go? Um, I remember. Being in a place where I felt like church wasn't enough. I felt like, um, at the time, I felt like church was, like, um, very hypocritical. A lot of people that I knew in church, you know, I felt like we're, we're not living up to what it is that they were, you know, uh, talking about or preaching about, per se. Uh, so I had totally lost faith in the, 
in the church. And I was just at a place where I, my exact words were, I wanted to go deeper into who I was. Deeper into yourself. Into myself. What does that, what does that mean? What made you want to go deeper into yourself? Well, into who you was? in hindsight, in hindsight being 2020, when I look back, um, I know that I was lost, right? I was searching for identity, you know, and just trying to figure out who I was. So, you know, I always heard these, you know, we I grew up in church my whole entire life. And so, um, you know, I had always heard about Jesus or about God, but it was always through a pastor, right. you know. Um, and so whenever I felt like they weren't living up to See, everything is like an external thing. But every time I, I mean, since I felt like they weren't living up to what I thought they should, I didn't really want to, I didn't want anything to do with that. So I just kind of went and sought for myself. And it was easy to go a direction where I felt welcomed, you know. And I don't know what to call this group. I, some people say new age. Um I, some people say the spiritual community, the conscious community. There was this community of people that everything was peace, love, light, freedom, you know, um, be who you are, right? And me being who I am, I have this personality, have always had this personality where I'm going to be who I am. I don't want to water it down for anyone. And in church, I felt like I was having to do that because I am I could be with someone one day, right? And we walk into the church house and I'm like, who, who is this person? You know? <laughs> and so given, I do understand that, you know, if you're in the presence of God in the house of, uh, the house of God, you absolutely should hold yourself up to, a um, not necessarily be different than who you are, but you know, it's a sacred space. So I understand that concept of it, but I just personally feel like, um, the things that I had experienced when you saw that, when you saw them in the forefront, it did not match who I knew them to be, you know, in, in private. And so that caused, what would you consider that church hurt? Because what led you to say, what made you mm. leave? Were you feeling like you were leaving God or leaving church? I felt like I was leaving church, but there are other components that go into that. So there's two major things. Um, one being, I'm going to start with that one. So, I was engaged to my child's father, and um, his family put me together a surprise baby shower. Mm -hmm. I knew about the baby shower, but it was a surprise baby shower. And he's African, okay? And so I can't speak for all Africans, but he's Cameroonian. And in their, I'm saying their family, they have what you call the cutting of the cake. So this lady who I never knew, never talked to or anything, uh, she to my understanding, like begged to do the cutting of the cake. So when you do the cutting of the cake, you give a speech. And then when you finish your speech in the name of Jesus, you cut the cake. Okay. So when she got up to do her speech, she called all the young girls that were in the room, right? She called all the young girls that were in the room. Uh, she says, you know, come here. So she, they, they all come up and she says, this is not how we do things. Now, she didn't know at the time, too, that God also gave me a vision about my nonprofit, you know, that I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to start a nonprofit for young girls because I was being pregnant with a little girl. So she called all the young girls up and says that. And I just 
it's kind of hard for me to remember anything after that because I just remember feeling. She said, this is not how you do it. Basically, having a kid before you get married. Having a kid before you get married. Yeah. And actually, I, I don't believe we were engaged at the time. Um, but at that time, my mother was there. Father was there. Best friend. My my. Again, don't remember we were engaged or not, if, if we were engaged or not then, but he's there. Nobody spoke up for me. And I just remember being hurt. Like, I was embarrassed. Um, so she gives a speech. I'm sorry. She gives a speech, and it's dead silent. Everybody's quiet. And then, in the name of Jesus, everybody says, Jesus. It sounds so crazy. But everybody says, Jesus, all together. And then we cut the cake, you know? So, um. I get it, right? We're supposed to wait until we are married to have children and all of that. But it just didn't feel like it was done in a very loving way. And then I I didn't even know who she was. So ironically, I want to say the very next day, uh, I don't know if uh, you or whoever is watching this remembers, uh, there was a time where Divine Franklin and Megan Good were at a church service. Yeah. And a lady kind of did the same thing to her. Yeah. And she... Apparently, I think she's seen a, a magazine in the store with her breast out or whatever, yeah. and she used that opportunity, stood to up in front of the her. whole church yeah. and confronted her in front of the whole church. But Devon Franklin stood up and was like, we're not going to do that. My wife, right. gonna wear, my wife is going to wear what she want to wear. Right. I remember seeing that, and I was like, dang, like, I wish somebody would have stood up and spoke up for me or whatever. But, um, yeah, so that was the first thing. And I just remember waking up. It felt like... I had been cheated on <laughs> or like somebody spit in my face or something. Cause I, I just felt humiliated. Um, I, mean, I can't stand it. Yeah. Uh, did you voice that to your, your, the child's father at the time? Absolutely. I voiced it to everybody. Every chance I got, a, every time I got a chance what did to open he say? my mouth. Um, do you think you were overreacting or did he say, Hey, that was pretty foul. Yeah. He said it was foul, foul. And then I remember him saying like, Oh, don't worry about it. We don't really know who she even is or like, you know, like what she said really didn't matter, but none of that mattered to me because it wasn't said in the moment. You know, they all came to my aid once the lady left. Yeah. And so that was one thing. Um, And then the other factor is, like I said, you know, I'm still, I'm still coming up out, out this thing, but um, I was in acting school and I got caught up with some, what do you want to call them? Uh, what? Celebrities, you know, in the gospel uh. industry. And my favorite gospel singer at the time, um, you know, I kind of got a, a close upfront view of what went on behind closed doors, you know? What you mean? In, in the... <laughs> What? what? In the gospel community. I just, you know. It, you talking about stuff you've seen or was he trying to holler at you or what? what, what, uh, what? Okay. So, yes, a married man, a married man that was in ministry, ministering to millions of people. Um, Yeah, trying to talk to me. And then, you know, like I said, now at 31, I understand we're human. We not justifying that, but the the drinking part. So like, you know, I I was just like, what? Like you drink? You know, he offered me Patron and and things like that. So um yeah. So so after seeing those two representations of I call it Christ ambassadors, you got this woman uh facilitating this little moment, this ceremonial moment mm-hmm. at the baby shower, and then after she basically humiliated you, then then they say, Jesus, you know, and that's 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 
etched in your brain. Yeah. And then you have not just a typical gospel artist, but it's your favorite gospel mm-hmm. artist that tries to holler at you. He's married. And you're like, what is this about? And then you're seeing him drinking and doing this. And you're like, hold on. And and then some of the people that you said in the past have gone to church with you. Like, yeah. hey, I was just turning up with you at the club last night. See, and, <laughs> and the thing about that, too, is I remember... Um, I remember the one time that I did hang out with them or whatever. Cause, so let me say this. The, when I was in acting school, when I met him, I remember taking it to my mom and my dad. And I was like, look, like, he asked me to go eat lunch with him. Like, what do y'all think about this? And my mom was like, look, he's a married man. You need to make sure his wife is present. You know, she, she needs to be present. And so I did reach out to him and was like, hey, like, will your wife be with us? His response to me was like, hey, I'm in the public eye. My wife doesn't pay attention to every encounter that I have, right? And so I went. You know, I ended up going to eat lunch with him. Um, and I remember... <laughs> Do I tell everything? Like where we met and everything? Well, you ain't got to say the exact... Okay. I mean, it don't matter. Don't okay. matter know where you met. So know who you talking about. So we met um, at the Omni. I, I'm pulling up and he gets in the car and I'm like, what What are we doing? Like, you know, <laughs> where, where, where are we going? He was like, I'm in your city. Immediately, I'm like, we on some different kind of time because I'm thinking I'm meeting with him on some... Opportunity, opportunity. some business opportunity. Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, I'm in your city. I'm like, I... I don't know where to go. So we ended up parking the car and um, hung out at the Omni in the restaurant. And we sat there, for, I'm going to say about 10 minutes. And he was like, oh, they taking too long. We're going to go gonna go get a uh, room service. So I'm getting up and I'm walking as if I'm about to, you know, go, go get room, room service or whatever. We get into the, he goes into the elevator and I immediately stopped. And I was like, I can't, I can't go to the room with you. So... That, it just, oh, sorry. On the way to the room, he stopped and got a shot of Patron. He was like, you want some? I was like, no, I'm good. Or whatever. So um, around that time, I remember going to church. Because we did stay after and talk. You know, I have to say that. We did stay around and talk. And just the conversation that was had, it was it was, it was was mind-blowing. So I go to church the following Sundays and seeing people dance and you know shout and stuff to the music it was just it was kind of hard for me to to what his music to his music oh that's deep yeah to his music um yeah i would go to church on sunday and then hear him you know hear hear him in church yeah and so that just etched a bad taste in your mouth so now here you are um you were 26 years old um way before no i'm talking about when you was when you did Ayahuasca. ayahuasca okay and so you had those experiences before that. Now you're 26 years old. Um, was your child, your child was three years old when you first mm-hmm. tried it. And so you were, you were um, 26 years old. What led? What was, the, what was the catalyst to say? Was it a friend that came to you and said, hey, we're going? Because a lot of people don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a very in-depth ceremonial process. Yeah. How do you get? invited to this how do you how's this come to your awareness what happens well you got to think so prior to excuse me prior to me actually being asked to do ayahuasca when i left church i started i replaced the sunday of going to church i replaced that with meditation in the park so every sunday because i'm like i still want to get my spirit spirit fed so on sundays i would go and we would meditate and under a tree and who is we is it a, is group, it a of group of people random group of people so I mean, is it a, is a Facebook group of people that they meet up sometime? How you find these people? I can't 
really tell you remember how I met the main person who led it. But yes, it was it it, it was a Facebook group, and that's how she got people to come in. Okay, so we. Start out with that, and then I just meet people along the way. You know, it's like it's almost so, like so a, you start attracting the, the people, yeah, yeah, like a little trap or whatever. And so there, you know, there now there's crystals, now there's sage. You know, now I'm walking around my house burning sage. Now I got crystals on my window. You know, and so little bit by little bit. Um, Tell me what 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 do you, a lot of people don't see a problem in crystals and sage. What have you learned about that? What does what does that mean to you? It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, I would say that, um, I mean, my honest answer to that is that there's really no power. Like, I know for a fact there's no power in a rock, like in a rock. And you see how they try to switch the switch the the real rock for uh, um, the crystal a fake rock. One. Yeah, so. Um, That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Yeah, you know, and... Of but course, wait, so what are they teaching you on that side that waving sage is doing what warding off spirits? Yeah, that is cleansing your energy and yeah, warding off spirits. Even so much so they say if you light an incense, if you pay attention to the incense, it'll tell you like, you know, what type of spirit is in the room. What the way or, the smoke moves? Yeah, how you pay attention to how it, yeah. How it so blows. did you know that? I mean, were you able to look at the 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 smoke from the incense and say this is a certain type of spirit, or were you did you get that deep in it? See, I was high when uh, <laughs> you was high on what I was looking at the incense. So I don't, I really don't remember. You don't remember at the you time, high I mean, on? you know, I mean, I was smoke, you know, marijuana. What? Okay, because there's a whole lot of things smoke. Yeah, I smoke marijuana, um, and we can get into that about all the different types of things that I've indulged in over time, but um. Reel me back. Um, so you were you were in the park. You were in meditation yes. in the park. Okay, so it let, it started there, and then uh, I remember going to a person, a friend's house, and there they were talking about it. Well, I'm not gonna lie. The first time I heard it, I was like, "Y'all sound crazy." How'd they say it? Take us back there. What was the the pitch meeting? We were sitting out on the in the backyard. And of course, if anybody's ever smoked and got high before, everybody's having their own conversations. So this girl that was in front of me, I I just remember her saying when she was on ayahuasca, she was by the moon. And I just remember her talking about the moon and the stars and the sun or whatever. I was, I, I'm telling you, my mindset was, you sound crazy. So I wasn't really listening all the, to all the way listening. Much. The second time it came around, it came through a really close friend of mine. Um... And I, to me, you know, she's sharing her experience that sounded like she was healing and it healed so much in her and her and her husband overcame. And and so I'm like, now I have all this experience, all the th- different things that I have encountered or whatever. So I want healing. You know, I want to get to a place. I, I want what you got, you know, and that's what got me. So that we knew that there, there was a shaman that was coming into town. And so for those who don't know, a shaman facilitates the ceremony, the ayahuasca ceremony, the same way a pastor facilitates a church. And typically you have to spend a good three to $5,000. And most people, most celebrities go to Peru to experience this drug. Um, this shaman came from Hawaii here and I only had to pay $200. So I was like, you know, it was just like a no-brainer. So I got a hookup. Yeah, I got the hookup for the Lolo. Yep. So, uh, so um, 
Yeah, so he came here and I was uh, all in. I was 100% like, I'm about to do this thing. And I remember being terrified the more I read about it. Because I started seeing a lot of Caucasian. When I'm looking at looking it up, I seen Caucasian people. But I'm like, where the black people at? Like, I need to see a black person so I can see what their experience was like. And then I came across Mike Tyson. Oh, uh, yeah. And Mike Tyson said on there, he was like, he would have never even boxed. Had he had had he done ayahuasca before? And I'm like, hmm, like what what made him say that? So long story short, I go, I do the ayahuasca ceremony, very first time. And it was just, it was, it, it was definitely an experience. No, take um, us there. You skipped. You walk okay. into the ceremony. What okay. is it? So the ceremony is a room. It's a room. We actually did it in the house. So if you go to Peru, it's outside in the woods, in the forest or whatever, rainforest or whatever. So this is inside somebody's house. Uh, we're all in the living room. There's an altar in the middle of the living room. Um, and the shaman takes hours to build a shaman. It said they that they hear, yeah, that they hear from the spirits on how to set it or whatever. And so you have pictures of dead people, ancestors. You have... I think he had the Quran, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there's music playing, you know, to set the atmosphere, candles, incense lit. And what type of music? Is it like tribal beats? Is it Oh, uh, there was tribal beats, but they were definitely like joyful, joyful, Lord. All right. So Christian music. Yeah. So um You might hear a little Fred Hammond in there. I don't think I don't, Oh, so I don't. okay. They got Shirley Caesar? What they got? James Cleveland? Who we playing? Who we playing? What's the playlist? I want the Lauren Hill. Lauren okay. Hill. Okay. That's okay. where we well, at. Joyful, joyful. That, 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 that was the song. That's about the closest we're going to get to the gospel. Okay, Lauren Hill. So that was that. You know, the atmosphere was set, and then the lights go off. And so you're in this ceremony from sun down. So, all right, I want you to paint the picture. Like, like, what do we see on this altar? You said there's ancestors. Who ancestors? So the shaman. It's, it said that the shaman hears from the spirit. So... Whatever he or she feels led, whoever he or she feels led to bring to the altar. Do, who, do, do you remember seeing like a picture of somebody? You see yes. Martin Luther King on there or something? What do you see? Uh, God, Bob Marley. Is that Bob Marley. I do remember seeing Bob Marley, and then like I said, a picture of his grandmother and some other lady. Um, I remember seeing a man that looked like a slave. He had on a, a robe. I actually had an encounter with that, but um. Yeah, so what else is on the altar? Flowers, candles, herbs, different types of herbs that he just, they just sprinkle around. Um, different things that mean it just depends. It just depends if this herb represents something, they put it out. If it if it represents um, cleansing, they'll put it out on the altar. Crystals, they'll put those out on the altar. Um, so yeah, and it's just. It's just a big little space that is supposed to be so sacred. You can't really, like, touch it, you know. So it's in the middle of y'all. It's in the middle. And, you and y'all sitting, what, crisscross applesauce around it? What y'all sitting like? So we have our blanket. We okay. have our pillow because, again, we're there for hours. So you bring your own pillow yeah, and blanket. and everybody's around. You just find a place around it or whatever. And, like, a living room of a house. In the living, living room of a house, yeah. And lights off, candles burning. I saw Camden's burning. And I don't remember like having much of an encounter with the altar except for one time. Cause so let me say this. They call ayahuasca the grandmother. So they call the plant the grandmother. Or ayahuasca. the ceremony the grandmother. They call the plant. The grandmother. The grandmother. Why? 
So I can't tell you. I don't. I never really looked that up. I don't know. But from my own experience, I actually heard an old lady voice that was helping me navigate through the through when you the were ceremony. under the influence of the ayahuasca. When I was plant. under the influence, and so I remember being instructed to get up and go sit at the altar. So I'm like, and so here's the thing: I have these thoughts, and then I'll hear this old lady voice say, "Mm-hmm," or "Mm-mm." You know, just kind of instructed me to do certain things. So I get up and I go sit in front of this. Hold on. Before we get there, how do we get there? How do we get the plant inside our system? What is it? Oh, Something I skipped we the whole part. Okay. Yeah, I, that's why I want to take us some baby steps. So now this altar, is, this altar has been curated in this moment. Mm-hmm. It's there. How does the shaman orchestrate y'all into going into this service? Okay. So when the lights go off, there's this shaker. He brings everybody in. I've seen, that on t- I've seen that in movies before. Okay, so you go around the circle and you introduce yourself and you say, what are, what are your intentions? Everybody goes around, I'm so-and-so, this is why I'm here. I remember specifically when it was my turn, I said, I'm Chelsea, and I'm here because I want to go deeper into myself. I want to go deeper into who I am. And there it there starts. So once we finish, um, we all stand up and he goes around one by one and he there's no, because here's the thing, you can, people have died from doing ayahuasca. That's the thing. People talk about all these great things, right, that come come from ayahuasca, but people die, people uh, end up depressed and worse than how Losing they started. Losing their mind and all that. Was, yeah. You sent me videos so, about I, But I say that to say this, is that he doesn't, they don't even measure how much medicine a person should take, just like in modern medicine you you take it according right. to your age and your height and all that and weight so he just kind of looks at you and just give it to you he pours according to what he thinks you can take and so yeah it goes around the room and so what does this look what does it look like what does it smell like Ugh, it's it, disgusting so it's nasty disgusting does, does it smell does it have a smell to it it's it's it stinks and it's disgusting I, I can't. Is it dark green? Is it brown? It's is dark. It... It's dark brown, gritty like. Um, and so here's the thing: you can smoke it or you can drink it. We had it in tea form, All right, so, so you mix are... it with other herbal teas. When I think of it, is it on those little bowls that they have that they <laughs> like in them in them things that they drink out of like that? Most of the time, yes. But I think we just had like a little small little it's a little tea, shot glass. Tea, you know what I'm saying? A little shot glass. <laughs> a little shot. Everybody here, here. <laughs> So 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 they um, they went around the room. How many people in this in this ceremony? And uh, ours, I'm gonna say about twelve. Different ages. I mean, backgrounds, ages, and everything. Yep, it was uh, men, women, different ages. Multicultural, black, white, black, Hispanic, white, absolutely yes. And one couple there that I believe were Christian. Okay, but they're no longer together. Okay. Ayahuasca didn't save them. Yeah. And so and so you were sitting in there. So y'all was sitting in this moment. Y'all having this moment. He gives you, he looks at you, tells you to take it. Yeah. And then what happens? So you, now you left to just go have your experience. And so I remember sitting there with my eyes closed because now I'm terrified. And I'm like, now, this, I left this main part out. In me asking what's about to happen, I was like, what's going to happen when I take it? I was told you are 100% going to cross over into the spirit realm. Like everything that you the know. The man told you that, the shaman. A friend told me this. Okay. So I wanted to say that. So now when I'm, you know, about to go into my experience, I'm terrified because I'm like, you hear about the spirit realm. I've read about it? it, but now I'm not about to be in human form, you know. now. So 
I go and I think my first not my first experience was I remember seeing a snake, a lizard and a wolf. And and at this time I had my notebook because I'm trying to make sure I remember, you know, I want to be able to recall everything that's happening. And then it's, you know, it started showing me all these different um, ways of how I'm fearful in the real, you know, in the world. And so my first lesson was like, okay, fear isn't real. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first lesson. Um, I remember I probably was in there for about a good hour or so of just different lessons. Like my soul is going through all these different lessons about fear and showing me who I, once again, I asked to show me who I am. So it was showing me how I show up and how I'm, you know, how I, what keeps me from going forward, which is fear. So I remember the smoke alarm going off. So one, one uh, important thing is that once you take this medicine and you try to hold on to anything that it, that it's trying to show you to let go of, if you try to hold on to it, it makes you purge. It makes you, you throw, start throwing up. You yeah. start throwing up. And so the smoke uh, detector went off because I guess all the incense and the candles. And I remember getting scared. Like I got scared because now it's, it's brought me back to like, I'm really doing this. Like, you know, what am I doing? You came out of the spirit realm when the alarm came out. And immediately, immediately I had to throw up. I had to throw up. And so I had to um, surrender, right? Surrender my thoughts to what was happening within me. And so the minute I got to the place where I was like, okay, I surrender, I let go, like I'm ready now, then I didn't feel like I had to throw up anymore. And so the shaman uh, came around and I think, I think he administered like four times that night. And so each time you take the medicine, you go deeper and deeper and deeper. So, it look, you know, first starting out, we're here. I'm able to see you. We're talking. And by the fourth time, your body, your flesh is not here. It's just all spirit. Like I can see your spirit. So now you're out. You're having an out-of-body out experience looking outside of yourself. Could you see the other people in the room? Are your eyes opening you in this in a whole different space? You could see other people in the room and say, I want to, uh, I mean, that, that time is important because that was my first right. you know, time doing it. But I, if I want to talk about that, I want to talk about the other time, like the, the second time that I did it, because that's when I more so saw. We're going to get to the second time. Okay. So the first time, because I want to know what made you even go back to the second time. Okay. So the first time you had this experience, what are you seeing that, that the first time? Um, so I don't really feel like it took me that deep. Okay. The first time, like I still was, I felt very present. I still felt like I was in the room, you know, like, like I, my soul went through, you know, different lessons or whatever, but uh, like I went through a lesson of love, you know, uh, where it showed me my biological father and I had never been up, you know, upset or cried about my biological dad before, but I had an experience where it took me to the core of my issues with, you know, that situation. Um, so let's just let's, let's have a detour. So when you say about your biological father, what about that? Okay. So you want me to give how? Talk. Well, you said you, it took you, you brought up your biological father. All right. So um, I was raised by my father. I was raised by my father who uh, took me in as his own. And when I was 17 or 18, uh, I found out that, you know, he wasn't my biological dad. I found out he was my biological dad and 
that was just from me being who I am, you know, searching. And I went on Facebook and found somebody that knew them and, you know, connected us. And so when I found out about who he was, I lived in Garland at the time, uh, which is about maybe 35 minutes or 40 minutes from Fort Worth, which is where he lived. And so I, when I found out on, um, about him on Facebook, I went and met him the same night. When I went to go meet him, he at the time was a drug addict. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the way I was raised and what I was raised around, I had never experienced a drug addict. Like I had only seen what a, I don't like saying crackhead, but what a crackhead yeah. was. I only witnessed that from TV. Right. You know? And so when I met him in person, that's what it was. Um, and I just, I never really dealt with that. Like I never really had a conversation, even until today, I've never really had a conversation with my parents about that. Um, yeah, we just, it just was what it was. Like they, they, they wanted to talk to me about it, but at that time I, you know, I, like my mom, she found out that I went, not because I told her, but she happened, she saw it on Facebook and she, she was like, uh, what is this? I said, it's exactly what it looks like. I want to go meet my dad, you know? So that being said, uh, you had a lot of buried hurt. And then when you were in the Waska, Waska ceremony, that came to the surface. That Exactly. Yeah. And so. Cause I was, I've always been like, I mean, it's cool. Like I have a dad, I have a great dad who's been in my life right. and, uh, who has loved me like his own. And I wasn't really, I told myself I wasn't really upset or mad or sad that my biological father wasn't in my life. And so ayahuasca, you know, it takes you to the core of your issues and stuff. And it revealed that. And then as you were excavating this hurt and pain, how do you remember responding to it in that in the spirit realm? I I remember taking the medicine and taking the tea. And there was a moment where I just knew. I said this one is about love. Like I knew that what my lesson was going to be about and you know, it was about to be love. And something about me kept I kept looking at this man across the room. He was uh same height as my dad, same bald head. Uh, he had a shirt on that said world's best dad. And I just <laughs> kept looking at him. I was so drawn to him. And then my soul just weeped. Like I just wept and um cried. Like uh, to this day, I had, don't think I've ever cried like that before. So I was just crying and I just kept saying, why? I was like, but why? You know? And you're looking at the man across I'm the room. I'm looking at him. Like, he's literally physically in the room. And, uh, yeah. So that was the first time that I feel like I acknowledged, like, the pain that I, you know, felt from That you just buried for so long. Yeah. And so this moment, this ceremony lasts from sundown to when? Sundown to sunup. So, so from- we're in it the entire time. We're We're... There's prayers, there's music, there's... And when I say music, a lot of what I remember are, like, little kids chanting. It was, like, little kids chanting uh, with, like, you know, tribal music or whatever. So you're saying that's been played on the speakers. That's not what you're hearing. No, it's been the, played. So, you're, so you have that moment. When you're going <clears throat> into these spaces, is, this, is the grandmother taking you on a tour, or you just know that you're just... Your mind is... Do you see yourself physically um, or see yourself as a being traveling? Like you were watching like uh, 
of Alice in Wonderland? Mm-hmm. Are you traveling and like, oh, this and this, and I'm meeting this and butterflies and all this, and you're having these conversations with these people. And then, um, which they talk about, Alice in Wonderland is is written on somebody that was on drugs. And so so you go through these moments. Is there those moments or you're you're just thinking these moments happening? Yeah, you definitely like Alice in the Wonderland. So, I mean, there's some, there's some in that instance with the dad situation, I was in my space, like in my uh, designated space and just, like I said, present, very present. But there was a moment where I remember almost like I was in, almost like I was in the, I'll say woods. Okay. I remember being in the woods, right? It sounds so silly. Y'all probably was like, this girl was No, 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 people. No, I mean, people, people. You, <laughs> some people on this podcast have been through some things. So, it's like, hey, hey. So, I was laying there, and I remember, it's like I was in some really high, high grass. And the guy, that little ancestor that was on the altar, he came over there. And I remember, it's like he pulled back the grass to check on me. And then he was like, he just let go, like like I was good, you know. He let go of the, the grass, but then that's when I got the instruction to go to the altar and sit with him. <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> to sit with that ancestor, or whatever. And so I went, and I re- I remember sitting there, and I just had we had a moment, like we it sounds so weird, but we had a moment to where like it was just a, like almost like it was an opportunity for me to be loved and held, like the way that I have wanted my. Father did Father too, yeah. And so I had a moment there, and I just felt loved on. I felt a lot of love or whatever. Um, but sorry, going back to the Alice in the Wonderland thing, there was a moment. There was a moment where I remember seeing pyramids. I've never seen pyramids ever in my life. I mean, I've never gone to see them. Right. But I remember being there in front of the pyramids. And so here's the thing that the shaman is orchestrating this thing. He's like right. a pilot, you know. Yeah. So I'm seeing the pyramids. I think it had a lot to do with him. Because when I went to his and whatever he had, whatever he was doing to orchestrate the the ceremony, because I remember going to his Facebook page after the ceremony, and he was in uh, on the horse in front of the pyramids. Yeah. So you're in this moment. This is now twenty four hours is over, or twelve hours. Um, you're out. How do you come out of this moment back into your natural state of being? Well, um, I think it's, it's he just knows when to stop giving you the tea. So <clears throat> the time there's there's hours, you know, obviously from the time the ceremony ends right. to the, from the time that he last gives it to us. But uh, once the ceremony is over, we go to sleep. He's like, y'all just you rest. Oh, so you sleep there? Yeah, you sleep there. So after the sun up, the sun down. Is the ceremony after? When do you go home? Is it after sun up? You just yeah, time to go home. It's after sun up. You have to sign that you cannot leave until the ceremony is over because you can't drive on ayahuasca. Like you can't. So he he facilitates this thing. Knows when it's quote unquote out your system. He tells you to sleep, and you're pretty much sleeping until sun up, whenever that time comes. You sleep at sun up. Like you, oh. you're released at sun up. Yeah, when the sun comes up, you you know now you can y'all rest. You know you, can, you, you can rest, rest there, yeah. but everybody's sleeping there. So when you go home, noontime. When you wake up. All right, so people get up at different times and they just start leaving. Yeah, yeah. 
And I remember that time I left way sooner than what I should have. And I thought I was going to be able to go to work. And I went to work. That client never came and saw me again. <laughs> so you're a hairstylist. What you do? What you do that? What you do that, lady? I talked about the experience the entire time. I couldn't stop talking about it. And then I think my eyes were all big, like you know, I'm walking around looking crazy and stuff. But she she was told me she was like. That's witchcraft. She was like, I don't believe in that stuff. She said she never came back. And now, thinking about it now, I forgot about this, but I couldn't finish her hair. I told one of the other ladies at the salon to finish her hair. Why? I could not do it. I was ex- I was exhausted. I I just couldn't do it. Put a plug in that lady's head. <laughs> Burp off her ears. So, so Monique, I need you to come finish this up. She came in with hair like mine, left with hair like yours. <laughs> I want my money back. Jesus paid it off. You, you all right? <laughs> She's like, oh my god! <laughs> and so you over here just ranting about this whole moment. You were in a full fledged relationship at that time. You were engaged with your fiance, right? The father of your child. Yes. What did he say about you doing something like this? Well, he's African, and he knows voodoo and witchcraft very well. Born and raised in Africa. And he told me, he's like, I don't think you should be doing that stuff. Uh, he just wasn't happy that I was doing it. But, you know, I was rebellious at the could time. He have, could he have stopped you? Is there anything that... Something, no. 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 So nothing he could have said to make you not do it. He tried everything. He called my parents. He called my sister. He was concerned, you know. And he told me, he said, I know. What like, that is. I know what that is. And he's told me different things that he witnessed, you know, in Africa with these witch doctors yeah. and things like that. So... You know, at the time, I'm like, I don't have no respect for nobody in church. So I'm like, you really just sound stupid. Like, you sound like one of them, you know? So one I, of those church people. Yeah, so I didn't respect anything that he said. Um, but looking back, I get it. So how long was it before you took your, what is it called, next next session or next trip? I'll watch I, the trip. I, said, I don't really remember that, but I'm going to say... I'm gonna say. So would you still year. would you still smoking weed and all that stuff after you did ayahuasca? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the thing <laughs> the yes. thing is is that, said um, that emphatically, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I thought the ayahuasca would have healed you from that. No, then, but they say that if you smoke weed after doing ayahuasca, weed just ignites the the feeling of the ayahuasca. ayahuasca. Not the feeling; it's. Now I'm not just smoking weed and getting high. And, and now it's like I'm smoking weed and to now I'm seeing spi- stuff and, and I'm seeing ring. dragons and, you know, I'm seeing all this So stuff. would you see that when you start smoking weed after that? Was that true? Absolutely. You would see what? Uh, we call it shapes. So shapes. But it, I want to make sure I'm, ma- I'm saying the right verbiage. So entities or spirits. Just say so that. you just see them just, it's, it's a whole different experience from when you was high prior to ayahuasca and afterwards. It's so different. Yeah, Instantly. So different. Talking, the first time you smoke weed after that is just a whole different level of. Yeah, it's different, but it's not, it wasn't like that every time because I, I remember, well, one thing was that as I continued to smoke marijuana after ayahuasca, I couldn't really get as high. Yeah, because now it's That's like ayahuasca has taken you to a level that nothing can take you. Yeah, so now I can smoke. Not now. Then I can smoke three 
blunts. I don't know, I'm just gonna talk raw on y'all stuff. Yeah, we're not, we're um, but three blunts in one little city. And they don't do nothing. And so uh, you just got a buzz of the three of them. I got a light, little, little, little light buzz, that's all, you know. Let me get about the fourth one. It's still light, still light. Let me go back to ayahuasca. So then when did you go back to ayahuasca? How long? Well, you still don't remember. I think so, it's about a year. It probably I'll, was about a year. I'll say, so about a year later, you go do it again. Yeah. Um, same shaman? Same shaman. Different place. Different same location. Um, and then you experienced what was different in the second time and why did you feel the need to go the second time? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy, and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Ooh, boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do, too like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, at this time, I had officially left my child's father. Um, you talking about rebellion? Oh, I was 100% in it. Nobody can tell me nothing. Okay, nothing. So now I'm doing what I want to do. Now I got a friend, a guy friend, who is willing to do the ayahuasca ceremony with me. So I'm like, well, this Christian man who I was with didn't want to do it. Now I got somebody that's not a Christian that's going to do it with me, you know. So now I'm really excited about this one. Um, And, you know, then I felt like, I felt like it helped me. I felt like it was a healer. I gave so much credit to ayahuasca um, because... What I will say is the whole expansion of the expanding of the consciousness. I can't deny that. But on the spiritual warfare tip, it brought a whole lot of stuff up into my life that uh, I wasn't ready for. Um, I just think I picked up because you got the veil is so thin. Again, if you're crossing over into the spirit realm, even in a church in a church setting, you got to be careful of how you do deliverance and where you are and yeah. things like that. So in a setting like that, you got a room full of people opening up themselves like they're just butt naked yeah. spiritually and releasing whatever inside of them in this moment yeah. induced by this plant medicine and taking them into the spirit realm yeah. and the shaman, don't know what he involved in, but he's oh. just doing whatever that is and, and orchestrating this moment in this moment of you in this level of consciousness and unconsciousness at the same time. Yeah. That's what's so interesting is because as conscious as you were, um, you were in this other state of unconsciousness where you're not aware yeah. of how to control that. And this is the most extreme vulnerable space. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a scripture that God talks about of uh, being uh, in that moment. Uh, and it's going to come to me. But that's why we have to be very protective over our ear gates and eye Absolutely. gates. Because, like, if you're open like that, you're wide open, then the devil can sit there and be like, gosh, this is like taking candy from a baby. Thank you for saying that. Because in the name of a lot of people don't want to attend church, don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus because uh, they say it's is you know you're conforming or all these rules and you know they don't want to live by these rules or or it's a form of control form of control is and, the main thing you know i think that's the trick of the enemy you know because that's what i told myself i'm like i want to be free i'm not conforming to what you know everybody wants me to do or whatever but in the name of freedom i'm over here thinking i don't want to be bound but the more that i you know, sought after all of this stuff, it, it made me more bound, you know? How? Well, I took on the mindset of I had no desire to get married. Um, none. I was like, ew. <laughs> okay. Why? Why Why? Why you think the ayahuasca did that or opened that up? Well, because, I, you know, and this is the part that I say I have to be honest and transparent about that I still feel like... A little hesitation because I know people, right, that 
that still believe in this stuff. But when we think about, I'm sorry, when we think about uh, Jesus, right? Right. Even he says that he makes our paths narrow. That's what I was about to say a while ago. So in this path that's so wide where you can do whatever, it's like sleep with anybody. I don't own anybody. I can do what I want to do. To me, it it's really just a sense of like lack of discipline, you know, and obviously in marriage, you have to be disciplined. Like it, you have to, you know, and then I took on, I don't want to change. You're changing me when in reality, marriage is going to change you. Should like change it's an, it should, it's inevitable. And quite frankly, being in a relationship with God is going to change you. Should it, change you. It's supposed to. Exactly. And so I, the the devil is extremely <sighs> cunning and manipulative. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And it sounds so much like the truth. Like all of the all of the traps laid before me sounded so much like the truth. And you, I I'm talking about. I've have, I've always been a person that's like I thought I was so smart and just so like you, not me. You know, like you can't trick me. But yeah. I was tricked. I got got. Okay. <laughs> got, got. Got, got. So when you think about that, because you have. So when I did, and I remember how this conversation came up, I was telling you that I was doing a healing retreat mm-hmm. in Cabo. And you was like, healing retreat? What kind of healing retreat you doing? Yeah. I said, oh, I mean, I'm still putting together everything, but it was going to be, I said, it's going to be a moment where we can come and focus on our mind, body, and spirit or whatever. Of course, your mind automatically, unbeknownst to me until later you you relayed it, your mind went into, well, the only thing I done been through is our ayahuasca ceremony. Y'all doing that in the church? So you over there looking, you said, hold on, I ain't never heard the church do no stuff like yeah. that and I was like oh, why should keep asking about this because you kept bringing up what what kind of healing retreat you doing yeah. and I kept saying what is so hard why would the church should be the first place to do a healing retreat you was yeah. like well let me tell you what I've experienced yeah. and it was after like the mm-hmm. second or third time you actually me saying it and working on putting this healing retreat together you bring it up and I was like oh no and it made me start thinking about other people that I know that that um I'll see them in Peru, uh, on healing retreats, see them in, um, what's the little main place in India, um, in Bali, they'll be out there talking about, oh, you know, yeah. I'm on a healing retreat. I'm in this or whatever. And they Bermuda come on their lives, Bermuda do it. Too. Yeah. And you'll see them on these lives and they just, they'll come on after the fact and they'll just be like, and you know, and all Zen and Hey. I was like, what they doing? Are they sleeping? What's what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're sleepy juice. Yeah, and they like, we finna go do this again. Make, make sure y'all come with us. And I always wonder, like, what are they really doing? Because you'll see, uh, and you'll see that type of stuff introduced on, it was a reality show that I was watching, and they went to one of those shamans, and he went and shook stuff around him and all that. Uh, the best man, the newest one. There it is. There, yeah. yeah. And so we're being introduced to this stuff often and it's so casual that you go oh okay ain't no big deal oh that's just tv oh that's that and then you recognize uh that when you start looking on youtube you start looking at uh different shows or even on instagram social media you'll see these people doing this stuff and um i literally had to talk one of my friends off the ledge of that who just experienced a loss of her mom uh recently and i was telling her about our episode that we're gonna do she said oh yeah i'm gonna do that 
Yeah, I was planning on doing it. My my homegirl did that, and she did this, and it helped her, you know, conquer her fear of of of, of water and all this stuff. She was scared to get in the water, and I see yeah. her swimming like a fish now. And this, this, this. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that because I got a lot of issues I need to do. I'm like, but you're a Christian. Yeah. When did God stop being enough? Hmm. When did the Holy Spirit stop being enough? Yeah. When did Jesus stop being enough that as Christians we find ourselves entertaining stuff that's told you? I mean, you would think that with your spiritual sense, you'll go, why am I doing this? Doesn't even feel like the Holy Spirit yeah. anymore. Now, with you, I understand because you were you you weren't grafted into the body at that point. You like, all right, I'm finna go do my own thing. Church has felt certain, you know, has failed me, so to speak. I'm finna go see for myself. Yeah. So you did that. Other people that I've talked to are Christians, like blood-bought believers saying, this is what I stand on. Yeah. I love the Lord, and I'm going to go ahead and do this too. You know, and I'm saying, why hasn't the Holy Spirit inside of you convicted you? Because even with me, the reason why and people are always shocked when I say I've never drank, I don't smoke, I never smoke weed, never smoke cigarette, never drink alcohol, is because when I was 18 years old, you know, when you're young, you're like, when I get 21, I'm finna drink. I can't wait till I turn 21. And I was at... TGI Fridays before they dropped the TGI off and it was now they Fridays it was TGI Fridays and I was sitting at the restaurant and I looked at the back of the menu and it said I said I'm gonna look at the drinks I'm gonna drink when I turn 21 I'm still 18 it said wine and spirits mm -hmm. and it had a list of all these wines and spirits God had that thing illuminate to me I said spirits hold on you tell me I will be paying for a liquid demon possession then I'm literally going to, I said, how obvious can it be? You go spend some money on something that once you put in your system, you have yeah. a tendency to walk different, talk yeah. different, act different, can't remember half the stuff you did. Jamie Foxx wrote a song, said blame it on the alcohol. So whatever you did under the influence, that's why I said, how are Christians missing that? Yeah. We're under the influence. If I'm driving down the highway and I'm going too fast or running the stoplight, a police pulls me over, they're going to have me take a breathalyzer and they're going to say, I'm going to take you to jail because you were under the influence. Yeah. And if I'm not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then what am I under the influence of? Yeah. By this liquid demon possession that goes by name of Hennessy or go by the name of rum or whatever name you want to give it at that moment that now I'm under the influence of that thing. Yeah. At 18 years old, I looked at that and I said, I'll never drink. Yeah. On top of that, I've watched the influence of what it had on my brother, my brother who I love so much that I ain't seen in almost 20 years because he's on the street somewhere in Fort Worth, strung out, on, last time I known, strung out on drugs. But I remember he would, yeah, he probably hanging out with your daddy out there. So the reality is, <laughs> they homeboys. Um, um, it probably been my brother probably owed him some money. So, so the reality was they out he out here living like that for twenty years, and I watched him when I was sixteen years old. He'll be drinking, and we'll go to a club, and he was invincible. He fighting the bounces. He drunk. Mm -hmm. He acting crazy. I was like, I don't ever want to do nothing that makes me start acting like yeah, that. Yeah. And we hear these casual things, but that brown liquor boy, yeah. ooh, that get you turned up. And it's like if you can see that, if you can say that brown has a different response on your body to make you act a different way than than the clear one and this has this and all that and you go because people say well i feel like this type of night so i'm gonna drink this see the thing is is that that's good the marketing scheme for alcohol is the same way it was for me with ayahuasca because you gotta think even as kids we know when you 
turn 21 yeah. now you free yep. like they they market it to you to say and then we we normalize it you know yep. we've normalized it and then ayahuasca sounds so appealing like if you say your friend is a christian but it sounds appealing because they use words like plants well now it's oh, well, that's organic and yeah. natural and then they put medicine on it and then put healing on it but the reality need. is there there is still going to be like there's a cause and effect and fruit that bears from it like and it ain't good fruit. <laughs> like, it's not good fruit. I, I think of, I've drank alcohol, and I'm going to just be flat out honest. Like, I've, uh, I have not drank alcohol, and I can't even tell you the last time. But, um... It was last Thursday at 7 o'clock. No, it's fine. Go ahead. I was when I was in Mexico. <laughs> I was in Mexico. But... <laughs> so, you, you don't know how long you drank with alcohol? Okay, with you. All right, go but ahead. But, no, uh, so... As far as the the effects, drugs is what yeah. I'm saying. I have smoked marijuana. Oh, let me talk about this K2 experience, okay? <laughs> See, synthetic weed. My my uh, makeup artist, she left, but I wanted to introduce you to to, to the person that introduced me to K2. So I'm smoking <laughs> weed, thinking I'm smoking regular, you know, regular regular marijuana, and all of a sudden, everybody starts looking like monsters. <laughs> And I'm beating, I'm seriously beating on the window saying. Are you in the car? At, in the car. I said, let me out of here. I'm about to go to the neighbor, ring the doorbell and say, call the police on me. <laughs> call the police. Cause I need, I need help. <laughs> I need help. You understand? But the thing is people that smoke K2, I look up, you can look on Google, people that smoke K2 go and rob. <laughs> Stores. <laughs> like anything could have happened that day. Yeah. So when I look at, honestly, just the version of me that was so open to taking all these things for whatever my reason was, if I was frustrated, having anxiety, I, whatever, um, it just, who I am today is I am a better version. I'm, I'm a better me because I have removed these things that took up space. These codependencies. Codependencies. Name uh, all the vices. drugs that you've done. Sorry, that's what I was doing a while ago. I got sidetracked yeah. with the K2 yeah. story. Yeah. But um, so marijuana, I don't know what different strands of that. Uh, K2, in the midst of me doing ayahuasca, he also administered something called cactus and shrooms. I've done shrooms. And shrooms, same thing. You... Uh, I've only ever done it in any of these things in well, sorry, ayahuasca and shrooms in ceremonial form. So I'm, I wasn't doing it because I'm purposely seeking out. Uh, let me go and take on the spirit of the devil or whatever. I'm really searching for God for, for healing and, and healing. go deeper yeah. into yourself. But I did want. It was about God too. I was like, I want to find God for myself. And all I know, in, as far as the spirit realm goes, is in connections to God. But the reality is, there's a spirit realm. Of different spirits yep. and not all of them work together Facts. you know so um I mean, and, yeah. and it's interesting how you want to go deeper in yourself i don't want to go deep inside myself yeah i, I really don't i don't know what's i don't know what's where, where you know i don't know what's what's inside me like this i don't think i'm gonna I'm a make it if i go so deep into myself because what happens is you can go so deep and stuff it's it's it, oh thank you holy spirit I was talking to a therapist one day and they were talking about a lot of trauma that you've gone through that your brain will honestly mm -hmm. shut it out to protect you from yeah. yourself. Yeah. 
So think about that. The guy wired your brain, pre-wired your brain from a protective standpoint to say, you went through this childhood trauma at seven. Yeah. You ain't ready to deal with that at 21. I'm going to bring it back at 36. But that's because <laughs> throughout these years, I'm going to start teaching you some things, start healing you some, uh, from some things, introducing you to some things that's going to help you deal with it once yeah. it comes to the surface. Yeah. Then I go and say, I'm going to take matters in my own hands. I'm going to go ahead and go deep inside myself at 25. Yeah. Now, God said at 36, I'm going to have to deal with it. But I done uncovered that. And now I'm going, what the heck? Now I'm freaking out. I'm going crazy. I'm like, this happened to me. I wild out, end up hurting the person that, that, that abused me, shooting them, doing whatever. Yeah. And God pre-wired our brain to protect us in our brains to say, hey, listen, you can't handle that right now. Yeah. I'm a God. I know you. And that's why God wants us to go deeper in him, Absolutely. not in us. Because if we start getting deeper in ourselves, then what, what is, what, what's the benefit of that? If we get deeper in him, there is no, no uh, protective thing to be like, <laughs> I need to protect myself from, from Jesus hurting me. You know what I'm saying? If I'm left to my own devices, I'm going to make bad decisions. Absolutely. I'm going to do some crazy stuff. And so that's why God says, listen, let me come into your life and let's go deeper in me. And he went, he went to the pits of hell, took the sting of death and hell itself and said, now nah, I don't fault the adversary. Yeah. Now, when we start saying now, nah, I want to go ahead and venture into these spiritual spaces. There's going to be a time and space when, when we get that. Absolutely. That time comes once you take your last breath and God give up the ghost and you're like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. I don't want to go there before my time. I don't want to go see none of this stuff. I don't want to be I because it's and I've and I've and I've been into some spiritual stuff with God where I've I've uh, God has shown me some things spiritually, but it ain't been where I'm 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 time traveling and walking around through Alice in Wonderland with yeah. it because it's like and like you said after you come out that space the way you view normal life is different. Yeah. It's like now you're seeing people as spirits. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, what effect did that have on you? You said when you when you came out of that. You started seeing the world differently. Well, um, that's why I wanted to talk about the second time around because I feel like that was much more intense. But I'll say I'll start from there. So I will say, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'll say that it taught me to not question, not to question myself. Like I didn't need ayahuasca to show me the gift that God gave me, like my ability to be able to discern certain things in people or whatever. So, um, the, I, I, I don't really feel like I ever experienced anxiety or depression the way that I did once I did ayahuasca. Like I had never that? encountered what? that before. Um, because I, I hadn't, you know, I, I, I would do little weird things like, or just feel extremely, like a lot of tension, you know, within myself. And I remember reaching out to the shaman. I was like, have you seen this before? Like letting him know my, uh, my side effects. I was like, have you seen this before? And he told me, yeah, like I've seen it. Um, his thing was, if you try to hold on to certain things that the spirit tries to get you to release, then you, that's the side effect. Yeah. And so that's the thing is that even when we mentioned it earlier to somebody, they said that their friend did it and it, it, they said it healed her or whatever, but the reality is you don't hear people don't talk about the bad. No, nah, they ain't gonna tell you that Yeah, it's a it's a lot that comes along with it. Like some people lose their minds. Some yep. people have died. Um, I don't know nobody that's gone to the altar at church. And that died at the altar. Have died, or you know, yeah. So um 
And I, so the second time you experience what? More of what? You start seeing more in the spirit realm? Absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. So I said the first time I was more present. The second time, I saw nothing. These walls, all this stuff, gone. Gone. <clears throat> Excuse so me. What I did remember. You see? <clears throat> Sorry. I remember going into a realm where it's like I could not hide. Like nothing, no thought. I couldn't hide any thought. Uh, anything that I've ever done. It's almost like it was written on the walls, right? Because here's my thing. I personally feel like, and we hear it, they, they say God can meet you wherever you are. He can. I know that to be a fact. I remember being in this space where I felt, I saw demons. I saw demonic presence. Uh, two, to be exact. One manifested himself I, uh, through a friend of mine's friend. I saw him beat on the ground. He was roaring, like almost like a, he looked like a drag, four-legged dragon. And I remember being terrified that at this point, I'm like, everything that I ever read about ayahuasca is happening to me. I do not belong here. I'm scared as I'll get out. I'm hiding behind this lady that's standing next to me. And she kept telling me, don't look at him. Be quiet. Oh, she saw it too. Oh, yeah. Oh, the lady physically there. She's physically there. She said, don't look at him. She kept putting feathers over my eyes. Keep quiet. Shh, keep quiet. And I remember, because cause now I see him, but I see the spirit in front of his face, like scanning the room, almost like he was looking for somebody to devour, you know, or, or grab a hold onto. And the shaman grabs him, takes him to the corner, does whatever he does. But when he comes back, when he comes back, I remember sitting up. And this is how I know. This is what proved it to me. That scripture that says demons will tremble at the Names sound of his uh, name. name. Jesus. At his, at his name. I just so poetically said, I sat up and I said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I kid you not, he shrank. His face is just. He shrank. He, I, I no longer saw the spirit. He came back into his, his physical form and he had a cover around him. He was looking around like this and he bundled up and he sat down on the ground and balled up and was like looking around. Kid you not. I would say, well, my, my, my session over. I'm going to go to the house uh, see if IHOP's still open. I would have left. You understand me? That's why I said I ain't built for that. I'll tell you. I I man, let me tell you something. I but but I'm going to say this. You know, I remember uh, this is the most transitional point for me is that when I got, I, I said, you know what, God, I'm a, I want to give church again. I mean, sorry, give church a chance again. I want to recommit my life to Christ. Um and it took me a while to say that because I couldn't even utter the word Jesus. Like, I, it just, I just couldn't utter the word Jesus. So, you know, I started exercising that. And I remember, you know, feeling led to open my mouth, like stop being quiet. Because I do feel like I, I, ayahuasca silenced me. You know, I stopped talking. I stopped operating in my purpose and things like that. And so I started exercising that. And, um... God took me through. I said, I remember I would hashtag everything, faith walk. I'm on a faith walk. You know, I'm going to walk this thing out. And then God took me through. I ended up, I lost my grandmother uh, in August. I broke, got, went through a breakup in December. August of what year? 2021. 2021. Went through a breakup in December. Uh, my lease got terminated at the salon. When I say for no reason... I mean, for no reason, but I was in a season. I was like, God, I see you. 
I know what you're doing. Like he shook a lot of stuff up in me. And it's like everything that I knew life as, I had to start all the way, like a complete reset. And like so much so when stuff started happening, I would just laugh. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, God, I see you. Yep. And so I ended up um, talking to somebody and they recommended that I get delivered. I need to go deliver through deliverance. Deliver I'm like, I don't, need, I don't need deliverance, but I went through deliverance. I got back. Say that when they told you to do ayahuasca. You didn't say I don't need no ayahuasca. Say you get deliverance. I don't need no deliverance. I've seen spirits and this rooms and everything else. I don't need no deliverance. Isn't that crazy? How we will we'll sit there and say we is don't this, need that. Is is this future wifey podcast a safe space or not? It's gonna be real. It's gonna be a real safe space. <laughs> it's a real safe space. <laughs> Make that a real. <laughs> but no. Um, but you so, did the deliverance ceremony. Absolutely, I went through deliverance. I. I just started like I ain't ain't no praying in my head. I'm praying out loud. Good. Um, yeah, what was and interesting? I just started, what was interesting? What did didn't the shaman try to holler at you? He did. Isn't that crazy? I was you about to be a shaman's wife. Yeah, I ain't gonna be no first lady, but I, I was gonna be a shaman. And the shaman got a whole lot of wives. So so you gonna go? We didn't want the church. You got turned off because your favorite gospel artist tried to holler. He got a wife, but then the shaman got many wives. Got but many little but, women. But you can do that over there. Exactly. It's it's free. You're free. And so you, but you you sign on to that ideology. I didn't sign on to it because I didn't date him. Well, you didn't date him, but I'm saying to. you didn't get mad at him and go, I can't believe he did Actually, that. He's my spiritual leader. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Keep the same energy. Keep the same energy over ne there. Nevertheless, <laughs> um, he's gonna be a shaman's wife. <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, went through deliverance. I got baptized at Concord. Shout out to Pastor Carter. Shout out. And, um, yeah, I just feel like life is good. You know, it's not without, you know, life, life still. But I feel much more at peace. I feel like it's an honor. You know, it's an honor to be able to have a blueprint, which is the Bible, you know, that uh, I can turn to to guide me, you know. So what do you say to the person that's, you know, they they Googled it. They they've YouTubed ayahuasca like most people do before they decide to venture down that path. Mm -hmm. What would and they just get the Holy Spirit allowed them to see this video because I'm gonna put that word as a hashtag in it. I'm gonna put it in there. Yeah. And they look at this video, speak to that person at that camera right there, and tell them what you would like them to know through the Spirit of God speaking through you to them before they make that decision to go do ayahuasca? Hmm. I would say that in the, for the sake, in the, the same way that you have the curiosity to go seek out something for healing or for uh, more clarity, if you feel like there's trauma, you have trauma, um, just very hurtful things or whatever, Jesus can, he can literally handle it all. Like there is nothing that's too hard for him. And I know for myself, like firsthand, um, you save yourself the trouble, save, your, save yourself the headache of unnecessary, like taking on more trauma because, you know, the devil is never going to try to tempt you with things that, don't seem appealing to you. Like it'll seem like people will make you believe that 
you know, you're healing and, you know, it's, it's, you're evolving and things like that. But, you know, you will look up, (laughs) you'll look up down the line and you'll see that you've gotten yourself in an even bigger hole um, than where you started out as. And, And that's really it. I just think that Jesus is enough. You know, he really is. And that's, that's really it. It's interesting. I would say, would you be willing to go to sleep downtown on the middle of the street? If I told somebody, hey, go to sleep in the middle of the night on the street downtown, you'd be like, why would I do that? I said, why wouldn't you? You'd be like, I don't know what could, anything could happen. Yeah. Anything could happen if I lay vulnerable sleep in a, in a, in a, in a, um, a state where I'm not conscious on the street in the middle of the night. Why would I do that? That's how I say we should be very mindful of our minds to protect ourselves like that, to say, why would I want to put myself in a state like that and not knowing what is influencing me and whether or not I'm going to come out of it? Because my spirit, I want to say this. Sorry. But I wanted to say this. Um, It is also important because a lot of times we go through trauma and we deal with all, you know, we deal with life or whatever. And we go in isolation and we want to be by ourselves. And, you know, if you lack, especially somebody like me, I lack vulnerability. I didn't know how to be vulnerable. And so I know firsthand the importance of having community around you and having just solid individuals. Every single person that is in my life right now, friends, family, they all serve me, serve me a, a purpose and then they bring me closer to my purpose. I can't, I couldn't dare, you know, say, Oh, I'm about to go uh, cheat on my boyfriend. Right. And they'd be okay with it. They're going to correct me, you know? And so I just think that it is so important, uh, especially as believers. Like I said, I still have friends who are not, um, I will never encourage them to go and do this stuff, you know, but I just thank God. I thank God for the people around me um, who hold me accountable, you know, and that little residue, you know, that ayahuasca left. I personally, I can be honest and say, I personally still feel like um, some of my ways of thinking, how do I say it? Some of my ways of thinking, I'm still learning to let go of it completely. Like, you know, if I believe the lie about something, but one thing about me, I always say that if I, if the, my, the Holy Spirit convicts me about something, if the Bible, if I, if you can take me to the Bible with it, then I absolutely, it's, it, that does, that settles it for me. And so for that reason, that's why the Bible says to lean not to our own understanding, because I mislead myself when I, you know, when I try to go, go, go with things with my own understanding. But the more that I learn the language of God, the more that I um, lean into his word and what it is that he says about me. Um, yeah, I feel like the better off, the better things are, you know, the better, the better I am. If you're dealing with a lot of trauma, um, go seek therapy, seek a counselor. Um, I believe in God and therapy, but yeah. Leviticus 1931. So a lot of people that believe in going to, everybody wants to know about the unknown. They want to know about their future and they want to, they may talk to psychics and they may go do tarot readings or whatnot. Leviticus 1931 says this so specifically, do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritualists mm-hmm. for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. 
Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. Defiled. Let's go and look at this word defiled. That's that's a powerful word. Defiled definition is um, desecrate or profane something sacred. So that means that God looks at you as something sacred, someone sacred, and saying that if you go and entertain spiritualists or spiritists and, and mediums, that they will defile you. He says, I am the Lord, your God. Yeah. What does that mean? What does Lord? Lord means someone who rules over a thing. Yeah. He's the Lord, our God, which means he rules over everything. So what happens is, is that when you find yourself in these spaces of uncertainty and you're wanting to get answers and you say, you know what? I'm going to go talk to this person. I'm going to go talk to this shaman. I'm going to go talk to this, this tarot reader. I'm going to go talk to a psychic. Um, you're surrendering your will and your quote unquote destiny to whatever they say. Yeah. You're saying, oh, I need answers. They flip over some cards. I was talking to Chelsea about that. She said, I don't understand. That's just kind of, that sounds crazy to me. But people think that. Move some cars around and say, this car means this, this car means that, that. And then you're going, oh my God, I'm going to die in 72 days. You know what I'm saying? And now you start living with, I'm going to die. Whatever they're saying in that moment, you believe it. You're going to find your true love in, in 26 hours. Now the, now the waiter walks up to you and say, hey, what would you like to order? You're my true love. It's a 26 hour. I, hey, are you seeing yeah. anybody? It's like you surrender all that to that moment. And if we're that vulnerable to where the devil can just seep in and use somebody to speak to us to dictate our destiny, then we now place that person as a God in our lives. Yeah. God says, I am a jealous God. There shall be no other gods before me. And every time we place a thing, a person, a being, even sometimes we can place church as a God in our lives. We can, the church hurt me, I'm leaving God. The pastor tried to holler at me, God and God can't be real. I'm leaving God. God said, what that got to do? My goodness, did you stop eating at restaurants because the food was bad one day? You just ain't going to eat no more at no restaurants ever again. Do you ever just handle church like that? No. And so I want to encourage you that whatever pain you've been through as you're looking for answers and seeking direction, the Bible says, lean not to your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge God and he will direct your path. That means whatever you're seeking, whatever answers you need, I promise you, I've always been a proponent for this. I've always sought the voice of God in his direction. I've always laid on my face. The reason why I've never gotten high before because I've been high in the spirit. It felt, it felt amazing. I've been, I've sang myself into a drunken stupor before, before the Lord. I've, I've worshiped myself into this, this moment of high, uh, of being high where I've just felt like I was just like, oh, just, I'm just, I'm gone. I'm gone in the spirit realm. Everything that the Bible has, everything that God has, you got to understand the devil is not nothing but an imitator. He's a duplicator. So mm-hmm. he tries to imitate everything that God does. And so the feeling of highness, God got that too. The feeling of drunkenness, God got that too. The feeling of where you just want to lay prostrate before the Lord and say, God, listen, I want you to just fill me up. Mm-hmm. God got that too. God is a miracle worker. Whatever you need, he has. And I want to encourage you to keep seeking the face of God. And I'm telling you, I dare you to try God at his word. It will not fail. What you got going on, Chelsea? How can people connect with you? 
Well, uh, my Instagram, you can connect with me on Instagram at Chelsea Renee, which is C-H-E-L-S-I-A-R-E-N-E-E. Um, you know, you can book a hair appointment there you know, for all my naturalistas out there. And the DFW Metroplex. DFW, shout out. Uh, at .com. Uh I'm located in Arlington. The salon is located in Arlington. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, I want to... What? Can I shout out my nonprofit? Yeah. Okay, in case there's any eyes or ears, you know. Yeah. Um, I also have a nonprofit. Uh, it's called Girls That Reach and Teach, GTRT Outreach. Um, and so we, you know, host community events throughout DFW. And so, you know, anytime we have any, we're having events, we're always looking for sponsors, always looking for volunteers and things like that. So we're going to be having an event coming up in November. So good that. so um yeah so that drop yeah you got plenty of time um definitely connect with her follow on social media um if you have any questions you want to share your heart about your experience or your thoughts that you've been through uh, or things that you've been vacillating about um talk to her she she can she she's lived that thing um she can share insight and hopefully you won't um her favorite word indulge in 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 that thing and mm -hmm. this is your this is your wake up call of uh, protection um yeah and when we start talking about halloween and celebrating all that you know i have a whole thought process about that i've never let my kids celebrate halloween you know, I'm like, and that's the thing too about us Christians. Christians, we some, we 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 pretty weak in a lot of areas, because when you think about like, like Muslims, I, I really look at Muslims as their discipline because what we pacify a lot in Christianity, they just don't do that. Like they they they'll be like. If they don't believe in a certain thing, they're not going to do it. They're not going to be sitting around trick-or-treating and all those types. It's just not going to happen. But yeah. Christian, we like, but the kids, the kids want some little candy. They want to dress up like little, they ain't going to dress up like a goblin. They ain't going to dress up like a witch, but they're going to dress up like a princess. Well, you're still celebrating it. Like, at the end of the day, you're still celebrating this stuff. And so, like, we have to teach our kids, those that care enough about that, that you, if you, if, if it's something that you're teaching your kids about entertaining certain stuff and teaching them about the spirit realm, because it's going to be a time where it ain't going to be no tricks and treats. It ain't going to be no little candy. You know, as you can see, we're in the spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. uh, when we look at what's happening in Israel, you know, pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention. If you read your Bible and you read about revelations, pay attention. This stuff ain't just happening by happenstance. You know, read your word. Um, but I'm saying that the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities mm -hmm. in high places, not mm -hmm. a little low places, not some little candy places. The candy is the gateway is some things that, that, that the devil is attacking us in the body of Christ and we're asleep at the wheel. And so I just want to encourage you. Do your research. I've done several research about Halloween and how it started off at Hallow's Eve and it was All Saints Day and all this type of stuff. And it was basically a Christian holiday and all that. So people are debating and be like, well, it was originally a Christian holiday. What is now? What, what, what is now? You know, so at the end of the day and you start researching about what happens, like the church of Satan and all that stuff that's going on, go, go Google it. The internet for you too. Go Google it and find out what happens on that holiday and then come back and holler at me. Listen, thank you so much, Chelsea, uh, for being vulnerable and transparent. Hopefully people have been enlightened and, and um, you know, 
they listen to what you've been through and understand it because like I said the devil will just dangle a little candy and get us involved in certain stuff that we'll find years of trying to unravel from hey y'all give it up for my guest Chelsea Lene y'all Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015 my nephew black a boy the likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship slim to none Armani 16 years old black a boy with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it. Slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse. I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. 
I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys, documenting my work with the homeless, as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Why was this episode so important? When you're dating people or meeting new people, you never know what they're involved in. You never know who they are serving. They can use words like, oh, y'all believe in God, but then you don't, you haven't really unpacked what that truly means to them. So I just want us to be mindful to ask the right questions, to dig deeper, talk to people about their past, talk to people about their present, talk to people about what their beliefs are rooted and grounded in so that you don't um, spend time being linked to people that begin to cause a spiritual impact in your life and have you dibbling and dabbling in the stuff that you shouldn't be. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, spiritual warfare, what does that mean to you? Are you conscious of the war that's going on beyond the physical? Ephesians 6, 12 declares, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Why is that important? If Satan can create division between us over a toilet seat being left up, we're not rooted in the purpose and power of our marriage. We are purpose partners. We must always stay vigilant and protective over the purpose of our I do's. We must be mindful there are principalities always at work, causing division and destruction in our lives and the lives of our loved ones. You are my comrade. Let's declare war on the enemy and break every generational curse and stronghold that's attached to our family names. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.